The following is brought to you by Clockshelves Entertainment's sister show, MCU and Me, exploring the entirety of the Marvel Cinematic Universe from the beginning in release order, starting all the way back with Iron Man 1 and going through the various pockets of the Marvel Cinematic Universe from the films, TV series, then Netflix shows, and more. Check us out. It's MCU and Me, wherever you enjoy podcasts. Welcome to another episode of Buffy vs. and Converse. As always, I am your host, Paul Casey, and I am joined once again by quite the plethora of people in no particular order. Please welcome back to the show, Ruth, James, Lisa, Kiona, and Bill. Say hello, everyone. Hello. Hello. Howdy. Hi there. Hello. We are going to be discussing the episode Revelations today. We are, uh, I don't want to say deep into season three, but we are making our way through season three uh, quite well at, at, you know, pretty good pace here. Um, and so, as always, I will start out with my fantastic facts. Uh, so, fantastic fact number one, Giles references not getting notice from the Watchers Council about the uh, expulsion of Gwendolyn Post. He has previously referenced being left out of things such as the retreats, so definitely, uh, you know, they're they're continuing that storyline. I thought that was a really interesting like thing because that could have been like a one off thing a few episodes ago. But clearly uh, they're they're digging into that here. Uh, the book Tobin's Spirit Guide was originally from the 1984 film Ghostbusters. It was featured uh, and referenced there. Uh, according to Doug Petrie, the writer of this episode, actually his first episode, he goes on to write many uh, Buffy and Angel-related things. The glove of, I I can't remember how to pronounce it. Minigon. Minigon, thank you. Uh, was originally supposed to be, quote, a demonic falconer's glove. What He described it as, quote, when you put it on and raised your arm, this huge dark cloud would burst through the ceiling and take the form of a bird that spits fire, unquote. This was that determined was cool. to be an unfeasible and unfilmable idea, uh, but Petrie did later use this concept in a graphic novel, uh, Buffy-related, that he ended up writing. And then uh, my last fantastic fact is that uh, there was actually originally a lot of debate amongst the writers as to whether Gwendolyn Post would be a human or not. So um, I think that could have been uh, an interesting take on, you know, is a watcher always a human? Um, but obviously they didn't necessarily go with it here in this episode. But we do get um allegedly as we find out in the episode she's not but uh it appears that there is a new watcher in town in the form of gwendolyn post to take over uh faith's 
um, role as watcher, and then potentially report back to the council on Giles. Um, we get a little bit of dissent between Faith and Buffy here, amongst other things. I almost jokingly referred to this episode as Dead Man's Party Part 2 when opening the episode. I debated that, but decided to uh, not necessarily go with that as the very first thing. But I'm kind of curious, um, and I'm just going to open this up to anyone. Uh, please feel free. What did we think of this episode and kind of furthering not only this concept of Faith, the fact that she's, you know, here in town, she is also the Slayer, arguably the Slayer. I know Buffy is the Slayer, but, uh, you know, it is uh, on a technicality uh, faith because Buffy did die. Um, but so we get a little bit of that. We get a little bit of uh, dissent with her, uh, her and Buffy. And we also get this concept of another watcher, which we haven't really seen before. How did we uh, how did we feel on this? Again, I open that question up to anybody. I, I would just like to start with uh, an extra time council fact that Gwendolyn uh, Post mentions Paranormal Encyclopedia by Hume. And it kind of was like thinking, you know, what's going on with these philosophers? Because I see output in the cemetery in the modern world. And it's, you know, Matthew mentions you with the cancer, David you, and Desmond you, and maybe that's what I want. So I'm wondering, and Buffy came first, so I'm wondering. What's up with Seemingly lost references. Yeah, I could I could see that. I mean, I think it's just because what is it? David Hume was a philosopher, right? So that's I believe yeah. that's that's where they got, you know, Desmond David Hume, the the name for the character. So I think it might have exactly. just been been that sort of thing, you know. Uh just yeah. one of those like, oh, writers have to see not all. I can say this. Uh, writers have to seem pretentious by uh, being like, "I know philosophers and things like that." Maybe right. it was. Maybe like there I was said, a little more. Albert but... all the time. <laughs> right. Yeah, we've seen Albert and Mausoleum, so it's just like, and then for it to be so prominent and lost, it's like, like I said, maybe it's just a pretentious writer. No, that's. I didn't even. I didn't even necessarily catch that. So that's pretty cool. Thank yeah. you. I enjoyed this episode. Um, for, you know, things that we'll get to later on. But I thought it was just a really well-rounded episode. I think a lot of interesting themes were explored. I, I enjoyed it much more than I anticipated. It's interesting how we see Faith um, being isolated first by the, you know, by her quote-unquote watcher. And then she feels that everybody else is leaving her out, like you said, Dead Man's Party, part two. Because now somebody else is not feeling part of the part of the crew. Well, actually, I meant Dead Man's Party in reference to. Uh, so in that episode, if we remember, and we we all had a, a very uh, interesting uh, discussion where we all kind of took multiple sides of of all of the art, the different arguments. Um, but that was very much kind of the the Scoobies and Joyce confronting Buffy because Buffy just left and she, you know, then she came back almost acting like she had never left. And, you know, they were all kind of, uh, I believe it was Kiona specifically that said about how the, the mask was supposed to, you know, it brought, uh, brought the dead back and like, you know, the, did it perhaps bring a lot of the, the tension to the surface uh, sort of thing. 
And I feel like with um, because in this episode, we also get the revelation, pun intended, that uh, Angel is back and that Buffy has been keeping that a secret from everyone. And so, yeah, can um, I just add, yeah, on that note, I'm getting into some Xander slander. I just <laughs> find it really like out of all of them. I can understand he just, he should not be the one being it's so, I don't know what the word is, but I mean, I could see Giles, I could see somebody else, but really, you know, he took the hot corner down black. You know, he's got your issues too, so um, for him to go as wild as really. Well, was that perhaps a look like because you're saying because him and Willow are sneaking around? Yeah, yeah, and even other things. Well, I'm I'm curious if maybe it's like an overcompensating thing, right? Like he knows that he has this secret that he doesn't want everyone else to know, so it's like a deflection, right? Like, hey, look over here, look what Buffy's doing, look what Buffy's keeping from us. I don't really feel like yeah. that, like that per se. It honestly comes off as like he was jealous. Like I feel like when he like crept up and he saw her kissing like um high shoulders, um <laughs> I feel like he was like it's like he saw like his girl cheating on him, even though he's the one doing the cheating. And like the way he acted was so like childish. And I get like, and again, as we all know from previous recordings, I'm not a huge fan of Angel. Um, but it's like the way Xander acted, he acted and lashed out more in like a jealous, like boyfriend manner than like a friend manner now of course you probably already know that there is a bonus episode up on content club right now where myself and kiona and james did a watch along to the episode and that is the season three premiere and we did a watch along uh episode uh commentary style as a bonus over at content club patreon.com slash clock shelves but Buffy in Los Angeles. Not really the weirdest thing, because before Buffy and Joyce moved to Sunnydale, that's where they lived, was Los Angeles. How do we know this? Well, she talked about it in the very first season, multiple times, and the movie took place there. But, of course, we know the movie isn't quite canon. What is, pretty much, however, is the origin of comic book series it's a three issue uh series which we actually discussed once again as bonus episodes over at content club patreon.com slash clock shelves it's myself and a few of the folks that you hear in this episode and other episodes talking about uh the origin and how buffy learned she was the slayer and her first fight against a vampire and all that sort of stuff uh we talk about it in depth as we read we even do some voices the origin comic so those are some bonus episodes to uh once again entice you uh in addition to the Anne. Uh, commentary, watch-along episode, and much, much more available early, uninterrupted, and again, some stuff as bonus Content Club exclusives. 
So go ahead and check that out if you want to hear the origin of the Buffy Summers character. Before Willow, before Xander, before Giles, even before Angel, there was Buffy. Check it out in The Origin, available at Content Club. That's patreon.com slash clockshelves. And... Well, even Cordelia called him on that one, you know? Yeah, like... She commented about the fact of, you know, like, hey, you know, your girlfriend is sitting right here, you know? Uh, I feel like with all, like, I mean, as we know, like, he tries to be, quote, unquote, a ladies' man. But I feel like it's just like, like, he, right now, he has his cake. He's eating it, too. And now he's trying to get, like, a pie. So, uh, <laughs> like, you know, her, like, Buffy being the pie, essentially. But, like, he has Willow. And I feel honestly, I feel very bad for uh I mean Cordelia, yes, but I feel the most bad for I can't think of his name. Um Oz. Oz. Because like he's a really good guy. He's like I love how he's very straightforward when even at the end he's like, Oh, whatever we all talk about, your boyfriend again. Like he doesn't sugarcoat it, he's straight to the point, and like I feel like he I like his uh, You like the character. character of his jib. Yeah, like I, I like him <laughs> as a character and like the whole like Scooby Gang, quote unquote. Um, he's really like I like him as a character. And I did I I really like at first I was kinda like fifty fifty on Xander, but I just I don't this episode really made me like not like him. I, I think I had to like side with like Lisa and as Bill used my slogan and I love it, the 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 Xander slander, he really made me like not like him this episode. This is only the beginning, James. It just gets worse from here. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Because he's being a hypocrite. Very Absolutely. much so. Out on this. Yeah. He's being hypocritical. Yeah. And he's being unfair to her. And he's not trusting her judgment. None, none of them are. Yep. And I mean, it's, it's kind of understandable for Giles. But, yeah. They're acting very uh, immature. And frankly, they irritated me in this episode. So, I mean, me being the big Buffy defender that I am, it's just that, you know, j- just like, I don't know. I do see, like, like you said, if Giles was the one who, you know, was more so like lashed out and angry, I would 1 billion percent understand because of like everything that happened with him mm-hmm. and how he killed basically his, his woman. Yeah. Um, so with if if Giles was the one who like responded and reacted the way like Xander did, I honestly wouldn't have like anything to say quote unquote defensively mm-hmm. about you know how it it happened. But the fact that it was Xander and how he's just been you know who he's been these past like you know yeah couple, like keeping around with Willow and you know barely being like around Cordelia, I feel like it's just been. I'm like I'm liking him less and less. Well, you know what I will say, and I'm gonna I'm gonna um, because Lisa put her hand up in the chat, so I'm gonna call on her in a moment. But I just I want to make sure to to get this point. Um, I think that again for the character that Xander is, partially because of the hypocrisy, I I definitely think that it's like an overcompensation thing. Like I said. Um, it's obviously an immaturity thing, right? Because he's proven himself to be super immature. I think it Very was much. kind of needed for him to be like that. And I think Giles' response with 
the other stuff that that I want to talk about as well with him in this episode because like he's um I, I mentioned it as part of the fantastic facts like he's feeling kind of left out right because of you know he thinks that the council doesn't trust him and you know all of these things and he he's he's so like I don't almost monotoned when he says to Buffy about the fact that like she didn't even tell him and it basically comes off that she has no respect for him and no respect for the position that he holds in her life and I think that's what kind of affected her more than Xander telling Mm -hmm. everyone and and all of them kind of being like well wait a minute this that and whatever and I think him it's like your dad telling you I'm disappointed in you, like that hurts more than like right, exactly. Else. Um, but I do want to call on Lisa because she had her hand up in the chat. Well, I just wanted to say your statements about um overcompensation is really interesting because we see both Xander and Willow overcompensating in different ways during this discussion. So Xander overcompensates by you know going on the the attack right like he's attacking Buffy for for what she's done whereas Willow goes on that um is very empathetic right like she's really trying to understand because she's in a similar position right now where you know she's basically lying um and so I really liked the that difference in overcompensation that we see between the two and I also loved Willow's use of I statements so that's actually something that I teach during my sessions, during my counseling sessions, is how to utilize I statements to express our feelings in a way that doesn't feel like an attack or blame on the other person. So I just thought that whole scene was really interesting from a psychological standpoint. Uh, One of the things I was going to say was as far as Giles's point of view, one of the things that he said to Buffy was not even the fact that she doesn't have respect for him as her watcher, but the fact of the, that, angel well angelus tortured him for hours and she didn't even give him a heads up that he that whoever was back and he had to hear pretty much hear from somebody else and he had endured all that because he wasn't about to turn on buffy so he endured all that torture and everything else and she couldn't even be bothered to tell him that he was back right no i think it was uh, it was very much like a disrespectful thing uh, I, do i because just because i don't want kiona to get on my case do i understand why she didn't tell them yes because i think she thought that they would have reacted exactly the way that they did but did yeah not telling them change that no, she just delayed the inevitable. And that's not, you know what I mean? That's not necessarily a good thing either. Well, there's a lot of things that I don't tell certain people that I that I live with, for instance, because I already know, like, yeah. what the heck they're going to do. Yo, same, though. So, I mean, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I get it. I totally understand. <laughs> I, I totally understand where she's coming from, in a sense. So... But do I think that it was the 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 objectively right thing? No, I mean obviously, like you said, Paul, just delay the inevitable. 
Because like Xander said, if she gives him another happy, he'll be right back to square one. Yeah, but I mean, I, I, I don't think she's going to just run into a relationship and just go and have, you know, have fun, 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 smexy times with them and, you know, and unleash the beast. You know what I mean? Like, that's Ooh, just that's is that a euphemism happen here. Is that a euphemism? Yes, it is. I mean, they're already like, like making out like nonstop. And we know what hat like kissing leads to other stuff. Sometimes. True. That could. That could. But I don't um, think she's going to do that and doom the world unless she's just had it with the world like me. No, but she, uh, there, because you got to remember, it's not, <laughs> it's not just it's slightly facetious them. I know that's why. I, um, but no, it's because it, it's something that we kind of talked about for most, the, at least the back half of season two. I I mean, and I think we were all kind of in agreement, unless mm-hmm. I remember misremembering the uh, the discussion. It's not the fact that they kissed. It's not the fact that they had sex. It's not any of that stuff that made Angel lose his soul. It was mm. that per like the perfect moment. And that, and again, it's sort of that question of when <laughs> was that exact moment in the yeah, you know, in the actual yeah. timeline? You know. Yeah, um, but good point. Good point. It, you know, to to some that you know them being there, and you know, because you you hear it like in uh you know like romantic comedies and things like that, where it's like you know what's your perfect Sunday morning, you know, and it's like <laughs> we're in bed and reading the paper, and the dog comes, you know, chasing the baby, and you know whatever. And like to some people, like that's a perfect moment. So Angel and mm. Buffy doing uh, air pushes or whatever. I don't know what the Tai Chi is that what that was that they were doing? It was tai Chi. Okay. Um, I prefer air you're, pushes. You're, you're not wrong. You're, yeah, you're not wrong. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like it, like in reality, to him, that could be like a perfect moment. So that could that could potentially cause him to, you know lose his soul once again that whole that that whole gaggy thing that's every minute i spend with you is perfect right (laughs) although to be fair every moment i spend with you guys doing this top notch (laughs) you gonna you gonna turn evil paul i already am evil baby <laughs> I was gonna say no one wanted to give you the opportunity to get your. I was gonna say no one's speaking Spanish shit. It's not that perfect. <laughs> I did my Spanish <laughs> lessons already today, James. Little do you know, on day sixty-four, you know what's coming soon. Oh God! What did you say, Bill? But I'm picturing you doing shirtless Tai Chi now. It's killing me. Why are you picturing? I mean, I'm I'm honored that the great Bill Kava is picturing me shirtless, but why? Yeah. <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> um, but no. So I do wanna I do wanna talk about about the the Giles aspect of this episode for a moment. Um, you know, like I I had said before, this this woman Gwendolyn Post comes into town you know claiming that she is uh she's to be faith's new watcher and that she is also to report back on what uh you know basically giles's progress and and she criticizes his 
um, his library because she's like, where's the real library? And, she, you know, do you have this book? Do you have that book? And then the one that he does have, she's like, yeah, I'm sure that is the one that you do have. And, you know, she's very, very critical of him. And then the fact that, uh, again, Buffy didn't tell everyone and, um, you know, Giles has to find out uh, through Xander that the man that, you know, tortured him, if, you know, the whole Angel Angelus thing aside, you know, the the face of the man that tortured him is back and Buffy didn't even have the the respect to uh, to tell him again from a from a father type perspective like we've talked about that that you know he has from the watcher perspective uh a friend all of that sort of stuff she she just didn't respect him and then for Gwendolyn Post to actually not even be on the watchers council anymore the MCU is ever expanding and if you didn't know we have expanded an MCU and me the podcast by clock shelves entertainment is now available on most of your major podcast platforms. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. Uh, So if you aren't already following us, or maybe you have some friends who are getting back into the MCU, maybe doing a deep dive uh, into some of the then-Netflix shows, like Daredevil, Jessica Jones, things like that, or maybe even they're catching up on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Agent Carter, or they're just going back and watching all of the movies. Uh, Every single pocket of the MCU, of course, is uh, being covered on MCU and me, so make sure to recommend that they check us out on their favorite podcast platform, uh, MCU and me, available from Clock Shelves Entertainment. But... No matter what, Giles doesn't know because he, when it comes to, you know, headquarters, for lack of a better word, he's on the outside looking in because he doesn't, you know, we've again said it before, he doesn't get invited to the retreats and the this and that and the other. And the, the, the funniest thing is he's the one with the Slayer. So what are they watching you know what I mean? Like, yes, we know the one uh, trained Kendra from, you know, a very young age because they knew that she had the potential to be a watcher. And I'm sure that's not the only, you know, instance of that around the world. But for the rest of them, who and what are they watching that they could, you know, and how are they thinking that they're more important than Giles, Rupert Giles, the one who's actually, you know, day to day and training with the Slayer? Well, wait, but aren't they supposed to be watching? I mean, he's her watcher, but aren't the isn't the watchers council? Don't they keep an eye on the like, I don't want to say demonology, but kind of like because that's how she knew what that guy was coming to. She knew he was coming to Sunnydale to look for that thing because they're because they keep an ear to the ground for what the demons are up to, which is which is perfectly fine. But it's it would be like, I don't even know a, a good example. It's just the fact that like he is the one. Like if if Buffy is like the one, right? Not take again, not taking into account the fact that like there are two. But like Buffy is the one, 
he is the one because he's the one who's actually there in the field with the Slayer and whatever. And are they doing other things? Yes, I'm sure they are. But it's just like, it's like when, like, you know, my boss, you know, my corporate bosses at my, at my job, they think they know what's going on, but they're not in the trenches, if you will. You know what I mean? And that's, you know, a military example is, is another good uh, example of that where it's like, oh, this is the best course of action or this or that or the other. And it's like, you don't know, you're not here dealing with it day to day. In reality, I should be telling you how things go. Obviously, it doesn't work that way, but. Giles is a Rodney Dangerfield watcher. He gets no respect. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Absolutely. The other the other thing that I, I do think is important that I want to make sure that we that we do talk about is. um, And I believe it was Ruth that mentioned it before the the isolation that faith goes through and it's arguably not the first time we've seen it. it's the first time we've seen it to this extent but um you know faith came in and you know she talked about the fact that kakistos like murdered her original watcher and you know she doesn't like have parents and all these other things and you know, now there's there's, you know, it's not that she doesn't get along with with Buffy and Giles, but it's very, uh, you know, Giles is temporarily her watcher. Right. Like and, you know, but he's he's Buffy's watcher, like obviously. And then there's this other aspect of these other characters, you know, Buffy and, and Willow and Xander and Cordelia and Oz they've all known each other. They all know what their dynamics are and all this other stuff that when it comes to certain things with regards to Angel being back and whatever, they all know the different, like, and, and Faith is, is the only one arguably in this episode on paper that is correct. Vampire Slayer. Like that's in her mind, that's what it is, right? And so, like, it makes sense that she would be like, "No, there is none of this." Like, oh, he's he's good, he's that whatever. It's like he's a evil creature. I'm the thing that hunts evil creatures. Obviously, we know there's more nuance to it than that, and we also know that she was being manipulated and all of these other things. But for her to be on the outside looking in after what she has been through with this group so far granted she hasn't been in every episode and again not you know for lack of a better uh better phrase she hasn't been in the trenches with them like you know others have but she she shouldn't have been left out of you know pivotal things if she is to be involved if she is to to you know have this connection like Kendra when she was there kind of kept like she got involved but she also kind of kept her distance where she's like I don't want to be fully involved in this faith is clearly looking for people and they whether intentional or not they did shut her out and I don't think that that's fair to her no not at all and but but part of the problem with that is that faith um has been the for me, I don't fit in anywhere anyway, 
you know what I mean? Like she's never really been, she's never really fit in no matter where she's at. So the fact that they're not including her just piles on to the feelings that she's already got. I would think. I would, I would very much agree. And I, I think it's, it's an incredible shame because I think that she has a lot to offer the group. I actually have a note here and it's something that I, I believe I shared once on my social media and it's, I do try to remember this every so often. Um, but Faith uses a phrase, I think she says it within the first like five seconds of us meeting her, uh, you know, several episodes ago, but she uses a phrase five by five. Um, and it's something that she continues to say. Um, and it's basically implies that uh, everything is okay. And I looked up, I looked it up, you know, years back and it allegedly has two meanings. One is a military code used on radio communications, uh, indicating that everything is all clear. Another yeah, loud one, and clear. Right. And mm-hmm. this, but this other one, I like this other one better. I'm not saying that it's, it's the, you know, more accurate one, but I like this other one better. And it's what I try to remind myself when I'm having a bad day or, you know, all these things. And it's the concept that, um, if a problem won't matter in five years, don't give it more than five minutes of your time. And that's, you know, the five by five rule. And I, I do try over the last few days, actually, I've been having some not so great days at work and I've been trying to kind of put that into perspective where I'm like, well, this customer that yelled at me and cursed at me, is that going to matter in five years? No. So why am I giving them more than five minutes of my time to be upset with it? You know? And I, I'm, again, I'm, I definitely think it comes from the military uh, sort of thing, but I like that concept better personally. I love that. That is pretty cool. That sounds, that sounds like my, my five more minutes philosophy. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Have you ever um, heard five minute philosophy? So, I have not. So when my sister and I are working together and we're having a, a bad day and you know, you know how it's like, is it time to go home yet? You, you ever have one of those days and it's from the start of the day, is it time to go home yet? So mm-hmm. my answer to her is always five more minutes because your track record for getting through five minutes is a hundred percent. So if you can get through this five minutes, then you can get through the next five minutes and so on and so on. So if you can just get through five minutes, everything will be okay. I love that too. So that's, Good my, philosophy. that's, that's yeah. my five minute philosophy. So no matter what's happening, you know, just give it five minutes. And mm-hmm. when that five minutes is up, if it's not better, give it five more minutes, but it's just five minutes. If there's an old saying that, um, you know, how do you, you know, you can eat an elephant, but you just have to eat it one bite at a time. So that's yeah, how, do you, the same yeah, how, do, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? <laughs> yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Five more minutes. So when you're having a bad you day, put your pants on one leg at a time, you know, exactly. Well, some people jump into them, but you know, right. <laughs> I never um, could do that myself. <laughs> isn't that, isn't that Paul? Isn't that how Bill Kava gets dressed? Right. Just whoa, right whoa. I don't know about Bill Cobb getting dressed. <laughs> Why are you asking Boy. me, man? Well, I don't know because he was imagining really? you shirtless, so I thought maybe there was something there. You know. Oh <laughs> well, yeah, that's like cheating. That was play there. 
Um, I just remember hearing it in like either either it was in like an old military movie or something from like when I was young that I heard, but I just remember hearing like the 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 prototypical you know pilot's voice on the on the on on comms and just saying something like something like yeah we read you five by five yep so that's how i've always i've always just thought of it in the military term in terms of the military but yeah i mean oh and i have i have no doubt that that's where that comes from probably from the writer's perspective but i remember a few years ago when i was looking into it and i saw that as like an alternative and i was like i want to believe that one more (laughs) that's interesting that is actually very interesting Yeah. yeah One of my favorite things about recording any of the shows that I do, like MCU and Me or Lost with Friends or even back when we used to do Wrestling Renegades, is finding out little uh, details about the people that we have on. Uh, And sometimes in the middle of those conversations, you get some very interesting details about who the people are. And of course, we try to present you with who those people are across the various Clock Shelves Entertainment shows. And one of the best ways that we do that is on our show, Polynol. Um, It is where I sit down uh, with various people from all over the world, as I always say, and I just talk with them. And I, the, you know, no topic is too small on our show, Paul and all, as our intro says. And I would love if you would go and check it out, if you wouldn't mind. Uh, of course, you could find the links across all of our social media. And, you know, you could help us grow that show as well, because sometimes it's fun talking with the Losties or the True Believers uh, about things that aren't necessarily Lost or Marvel or wrestling or what have you. Um, Sometimes getting to know the people is what is the fun part for me. I am Paul. I am your voice of choice here at Clock Shelves Entertainment, and I host Paul and All. Go check it out. Um, I never heard that. Go, version, the so. reason the reason that I brought that up was because like if if that's the reason that Faith says that, and I'm not saying that it is, but if that's the reason, even if it is like the military thing, mm-hmm. right? Like other than Xander, and maybe you know, because Xander still has like you know his military knowledge and whatnot. Like Giles mm-hmm. obviously is a very well read well read guy. Willow is you know well read more so than the average high school student or whatever but for faith to necessarily know that military like phrasing i don't think that's something that the average person especially someone with her background would know so there's obviously maybe she heard it from somebody that she dated yeah or she saw like you know old military flicks or right but even still there's like to me the fact that she she says that and if she knows that there's something more there and like i said to me that's Mm -hmm. proof that she has more to offer than they are giving her the chance because i feel like and maybe i'm alone in this in this feeling and it is kind of that that thing right of like you know, in season two, like, well, when there was something that was really bad, like, why didn't she just call Kendra? Or, you know, why don't they they just get help every time or whatever? And obviously, it doesn't work like that, right? It's like the Avengers can't team up for every movie, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But it's like, it's the entirety of Secret Invasion is why don't they just call the Avengers in? Right. So like, why though? from, From the Scooby's perspective, why would they 
include faith when they can handle it, quote unquote. You know what I mean? So like, I do understand that doesn't make it right because again, it's kind of one of those things where it's like, well, we handled everything before faith. And so we don't necessarily need her, but I do think it's rude to not be including her. Not that they're doing it purposely. You know what I mean? I don't think they're purposely going out of their way to be like, let's make sure faith isn't involved in this, that, or the other thing. Maybe they just want to keep it within, within the circle, so to speak. But I think she takes it personally. Yeah, I think she does too. And and plus she's got Gwendolyn Post whispering in her ear about how, you know, how she's not wanted or how she's like isolated. So Right. And that's obviously that was by design. Part of her plan, yeah. Right. Well, and we also we also don't know what her watcher said previously about separating herself from other people. You know, like mm-hmm. If she if that's the way that she was trained, where Buffy has, you know, surrounded herself with friends and this is her, you know, the way that she was taught. Yeah. Lisa has something she wants to say. Oh, I just wanted to say I'm not sure if it's exactly on par or on topic with what you guys are saying, but I found it really funny that. In the beginning of the episode, when Faith is talking to Buffy, she talks about how you can't trust guys. But the entire episode is based around women that are lying. And I just think that's a really, I I don't know if that was done on purpose or not, but I just thought that was a really interesting take because she's so focused on not trusting guys that, you know, the watcher she puts her trust in, female, ends up being the villain willow's actively lying throughout the episode about her relationship with xander and buffy is obviously lying about her relationship with angel so um i just thought that was really interesting again i'm not sure if it was done on purpose but i just thought it was kind of ironic oh ready here we go i'm gonna make bill smile real big with this one ready it's almost like having an entire tv series about people with daddy issues but the entirety of of the whole thing is based around a mommy issue right (laughs) (laughs) that was a lost reference for those who got it um (laughs) but uh no i do i i think that's I, i think that's a very good point lisa is is the fact that um you know you don't necessarily like you're so focused on this over here that you don't necessarily realize the almost hypocritical nature of it right right the perfect magician's trick yes yeah look over here while i do this over here and is doing over there yeah right um another thing i thought was interesting was that for all intents and purposes buffy kills a regular human in this episode and we remember in the episode ted when she thought that she did this she got really really down on herself for good reason didn't kill her the thunder killed her she just took her arm off so she Mm -hmm. maimed him in this episode yeah technically yeah i would say so okay okay i wouldn't i wouldn't say that she was the direct cause of her death more like an indirect cause of death but i mean i i can see where i think she was trying to Go ahead. ahead, ahead. I was gonna say it's like the right villain like wanted to like toy with her like mental status. 
they could use it like, hey, you've killed this person, um, and then you've killed her too, but I mean, indirectly, she just took her arm off, which that was a really odd shaped piece of glass to be like in a perfect circle to cut off her arm with. Like they also used that same spinny thing that they used in the in the in Anne in the first episode of the, the season. That camera angle with the whole like that's a rig or something that yeah. made it look like it was spinning. Yeah, I was like, that's really I was that glad was, when they like yeah. knocked Vander out. Uh speaking of like things this episode, I was so happy when he got punched in the face. <laughs> Me I want to go I want to go back for just a moment. I feel and I'm not I'm not gonna argue because I, I do think you guys are right. Like it is more of like she she wasn't the direct cause. But y'all are getting into the jigsaw argument just for for argument's sake i mean no you're you're not wrong you're not wrong but i mean but i think her whole thing was that she was trying to disarm her (laughs) (laughs) that was a good one that was a good one very good very good um that would have had to be a very strong piece of glass to cut through the bone right yeah yeah like that was that like i don't like i want to do the slayer strength slayer strength don't forget that Glass right, cannon. But the glass still would have, but the glass strength wouldn't have been, unless that wasn't a piece of glass and it was a piece of metal from the door. I don't know. I kind of wish, like, Angel or, yeah, Angel, like, saved, um, what's her face? The, uh, I can't think of the other Slayer. What's her name? Faith. Yeah, I wish Angel would have saved Faith to, like, kind of, like, solidify, oh, like, more of a quote unquote belief that he could be a good guy. Well, he saved he saved Willow. I mean, I'm I'm tired of Willow because she's keeping secrets on Oz, and I don't like that. Oh, Oz. he's turned on Willow. Listen, <laughs> actually, we so, love Willow. So fun fun fact: uh, a a good friend of mine. Um, so when I was starting this podcast, uh. Bill reached out and was like, Hey, you're doing this new thing. Like I've never watched this show. Like I, I, you know, I'd, I'd give it a chance and whatnot. I was like, Oh, that's kind of cool. And several other, uh, you know, like losty friends have kind of said like, that's not really my thing. But uh, another, another good friend of mine um, has said that he would be willing to uh, watch the show. He does keep saying Josh Whedon, which really irks me, but I'm not going to get into that. Um, Oh, that's but, okay. We can call him Josh now. I don't even care anymore. <laughs> but he's he's you know he's always been like, oh, I've never been a fan of his and and whatever. And he was saying, uh, recently we we did a, a podcast episode uh, for Paul and all, and um, he was like talking about how you know um, he's like, oh, I would I would like to be on. He's like, but chances are because I'm not a fan. And I don't really want to watch it other than to do this. He's like, I would probably be critical of the whole thing. And I was like, well, I mean, we try not to be like overly critical, but like, if you have a lot to say, you know, like, you know, I'd be happy to have you on. And he goes, you know, who's been getting on my nerves recently? I'm like, I, I hope he's not going to, in my mind, I'm like, I hope he's not going to say who I think he's going to say. And he's like that Hannigan. And I'm like, Oh no. I said to him about loud, I'm like, oh no. And he goes, Yeah, he's like, I've been watching these clips on TikTok of a show that she was in, which is How I Met Your Mother, which is mine and James's like it's a top five show for the two of us. 
And so he was like, yeah, I'm watching these clips and like she's pissed. I said, yeah, I don't think being on the Buffy podcast would be the right thing for you because we all absolutely love Allison Hannigan. And I'm pretty sure we will not tolerate her being talked bad about. <laughs> <laughs> you can talk bad about the show and be like, oh, well, this doesn't make sense whatever. But when it comes to Allison Hannigan, like watch yourself. You know? <laughs> I wonder what was irritating him about her. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know either because she was good on that show. I, I agree. Too much of Xander has rubbed off on her, and she's tainted. Oh man! Well, I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure Xander has. Uh, never mind. Um, but yeah. <laughs> uh, sorry. That was too easy of a joke to make. Um. I don't remember what I was going to say now. Um, oh, no, I was, I was, I was going to say, um, I do like just, we were talking about Angel and, and how he didn't save Faith and whatnot, but um, I do like that uh, sort of the way that they set up the Faith versus Angel fight was post knocks him out with like the shovel or whatever. And then when he comes back, he's in vamp face because for whatever reason, every so often they just do that. And he could have, you know, probably taken that away, whatever. And she's like, oh, well, if you would have been human, it would have killed you, which was my intention or whatever. And then ju literally just because he's in the vamp face and attacking post, which obviously Faith doesn't know that he's evil at that point or that she's evil. I'm sorry. Um that's I think that's the funny thing is like just because he's in vamp face is sort of the thing where it's like you are evil I do it like <laughs> I don't know, yeah faith is <laughs> faith is not really one to look before she leaves no no I mean she also had like Xander like kind of like enticing her to like you got to go kill him because he's one of the the Giles and yeah Buffy's the the adulterer like basically he he, he you're like a adulterer xander <laughs> he, he treated like a witch hunt like <laughs> he was a woman learning how to read in the 1800s like we must stop this the first thing giles says when he comes back to consciousness is you have to destroy the glove and xander goes we got to go get we got to go get angel like no <laughs> that's not what he said at all he he paraphrased. Oh, oh, is that is that what that was? Okay, got it. <laughs> he he paraphrased. Angel glove of Minigon. Yep, they look and sound alike. Destroy evils. It's all in the same boat. Mm. <laughs> okay. Not that I'm condoning it. I'm I'm really like, if this is just the beginning, I'm well, already going to. I'm kind of I'm kind of curious, James, because like you're not. So when it comes to Xander versus Angel, because you're not really a fan of either one. So I'm kind of curious. Uh, who, who do I hate like. more? Yeah, I was going to say who you like more. But yeah, your question works too. <laughs> who do I hate more at this very moment? Um, When I was a kid, I wanted to learn to play the guitar so badly. <laughs> Hi, my name is Ryan Kratz. And while I may not be your voice of choice, I am a voice. I just wrote a song, and I would appreciate it if you checked it out. 
It's called Joke. It's live on uh, Spotify, YouTube, Apple, Android, laptop, Walkmans, Discmans, iPods, anywhere where you listen to music, pretty much. I should have rehearsed this. Mr. High Shoulders is okay at the moment. Uh, right now, the like, cause I guess because Angel hasn't been around like as much, so he has had he has had less screen time to annoy me. Whereas <laughs> like Xander has just been around and kind of like we've been going over. Um, like she's always like uh, Willow has always been there, has always liked him. And he was never interested in her. And it wasn't until, like, you know, she almost died and he actually, like, is acknowledging his feelings for her. And, like, I don't, I don't like that. Like, I don't like the fact that, like, you blew her. Like, you, he doesn't, honestly, he doesn't deserve her. And in my opinion, she's foolish for, like, accepting him because, like, he didn't accept her for how long? And, like, yeah, quote, unquote, he was, you know, uh, he like he's a we we went with the theory he's attracted to stronger women or like women of that caliber, but nah. Uh, Oz doesn't deserve that, and and Cordelia like she like I said she's the most popular girl in the school. She's arguably she in my opinion she's more attractive than Buffy. Um, I'll but fight I still you on that. <laughs> I'll fight you on that. I was waiting for. I'm it. kidding. I'm kidding. But I, I would, if I had to rank them, we'll I'd just... probably put Faith. Don't, don't, don't. Okay. Keep going with the rest of your thought. Uh-oh. She's <laughs> <laughs> also, also 35 years old. I mean, that's a situation. It's offensive to rate women. So that's yeah, that... what I was trying to get at right. without mm-hmm. actually saying oh. it. So continue with right. your point, James. I'll just send you a Snapchat later. No, I'm kidding. Um, no, he's not. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, my goodness. Um, but no, like, what, what was I saying? The fact <laughs> that like he has Cordelia and he's again, mm-hmm. she's the most popular girl in the school, and she chose him. I mean, they kind of chose each other, but like she still chose to be with him. Not saying that like she shouldn't have quote unquote dated down, but like she went out of what and in, in, in high school because like as we you know uh, went with the also like the, you know high school is hell like. That's like quote unquote social suicide for someone of her caliber. What was that? I said I may be drunk by the end of the episode. (laughs) You said it before too. You said quote unquote like two or three times, Ruth. So no, I didn't. Yeah, play it. (laughs) We'll we'll play the tape back. Don't you worry. Uh, I need. I I will. And I got to use different terms. I got to be conscious. So. With high school being, you know, hell, as we've, you know, exclaimed before, her dating down is like social suicide for like where they are in life. And the fact that he's basically not even basically he's deliberately like cheating on her and he in every chance he gets a second alone with, you know, Willow, it really ticks me off. Like, I'm sorry to interrupt, but let's also point out the fact that they almost got caught by Giles in this episode. 
Yeah, if Giles yeah. wasn't so oblivious, they would have got caught. Yeah. And like and it, it was like it was good because Giles was distracted by the you know watcher um who really wasn't a watcher. Honestly, when I first saw her, she gave me an evil vibe. Like I looked at her and I instantly thought like there's something off about this woman. I don't know what it is, but she doesn't seem like she's a good person. Well, that's so we got to remember. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's part of it, right? Is because she's coming in and she again insulted Giles and she's like she's supposed to be not we I mean, I don't think we were supposed to think that she was going to be the antagonist, but she is clearly an antagonist right toward these people and the the group that the family if you will that they've that they've built up and whatnot so the fact that she comes in and she's very much like a by the book seemingly a by the book sort of person you know that i feel like that is supposed to give you sort of those those vibes where it's like i don't like her yeah they're a family in my Vin Diesel voice they are a family no. quite they are an incestuous family Nothing stronger than family. It's like Game of Thrones up in here with the insane. No, I was gonna oh, say it's Game of Thrones. It's I don't know that that's not the kind I, of family I'm looking for. <laughs> I think the real question, James, is uh, who does the better shoulder acting? Who does the better out of out of whom? Out of who out of Xander or or Angel? Who does the uh, the better shoulder acting? Whose shoulders carry more weight? <laughs> I, I it's it's definitely Angel. His like even as I was like watching him as like doing the like incantation around the fire, I'm like, how did like he must have a, like a personal masseuse around the clock during this, you know, like filming because his shoulders are always like near his ears. Like I feel like he's I like said, alert. I sent that picture. I said for those who who aren't in our group chat, I sent a, a screenshot. I'll 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 try to. Might have to crop. Uh, yeah, I remember. I saw that. Out. But I, I, I'll post it when I post this episode. Um, where when they're doing like the tai chi or whatever, his shoulders are like parallel with his ears. Yeah, I'm just like, like his shoulders carry a lot of stress. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, because he's he has to he has to uh, you know atone for all of the things that he did as Angelus. Shoulder acting, it's like it's like Tom Selleck's mustache. Uh, fun fact, though, about about um, Angel, and I wasn't sure if I was going to necessarily bring it up here, um, but I might as well. Uh, the. Uh, what's the word? The stuntman for David Boreanaz, uh, Mike Massa, mm-hmm. Mike who Massa, yep. goes on to be his stunt double for the spinoff. He actually we're going to see him very, very briefly. Um, quite a few episodes from now. Um, yeah, but he, uh, Ruth and I went to recently, as of this recording, we went to see the new Indiana Jones movie Mm -hmm. and Mike Massa was the stunt double for Harrison Ford in the movie. Oh, nice. So yeah, that was quite a a fun name to, uh, to see in the credits. So great. He's actually a really good stunt guy. Really good stunt man. Stunt performer. I wonder, did he have to like. Do some shoulder exercises just to play. <laughs> <laughs> just to play. Yeah, he has to do a lot of, you know, gotta gotta get those shoulders all ready for the scene and 
or the sequences. Regarding the the stunts, though, I I do have to say I'm not saying they did a bad job because I don't think they did, but I feel like the production crew could have on on this episode could have done a better job of not letting us very obviously see, see that that wasn't Sarah Michelle Gellar and Eliza Dushku fighting. Yeah. Yes. Like yes. literally you could tell. So could several episodes it. back when we were talking about the, the surprise and innocence episodes, uh, you know, I, I mentioned how uh, Joss Whedon and I can't, I think it was like the sound uh, editor or something went into the booth and they were like doing like the, I mean, there's no other way to say it. They were doing like the sex noises. And I felt like, that had to be like probably a day was um Sarah Michelle Geller and Eliza Dushku just going in and doing like overdubs for like fight noises. Yeah. Like whatever. Cause that's all like there was other than that, there was nothing about them in several of those scenes. Yeah. I mean, I like what the stunt performers are doing. They're they're doing great. It's just that it's so obvious. That you can see them. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. Yeah. But I, I love the sun work, though. I mean. Oh, that's what I'm saying. I, I wasn't trying to take anything away from them. It, that was more no, of like a production. Yeah. It's just weird you know. that like, you know. and Yeah. Like, it's so obvious. Did we have? I mean, I I don't know if we did but did we have anything else that we wanted to talk about with regards to um the episode revelations um just to give a shout out to uh to serena scott thomas for her performance as gwendolyn post i thought she was very good Kristen scott thomas's sister who is also a great actress both great english actresses i'm looking and i feel like i know the names like obviously, I know, I know Kristen Scott Thomas. She was also in like, uh, do you remember the first Mission Impossible movie? I'm not. I'm not into what's his face, little little tooth actor guy. What's his name? Oh my gosh, Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise. Yes. Yeah. Can't get into him. Sorry. Not, not a big. He has a tooth in the middle of his face. It's weird. <laughs> Literally, look at his mouth. He doesn't like most people. Like there, there's two front teeth. He has one front tooth. I, well, now you've ruined it for me. Thank you. <laughs> I'm serious. Look at his face. <laughs> Show me the tooth. Right. Show me the tooth. You can't handle the tooth. <laughs> you can't handle the tooth. Oh God! Now it's now it's gonna be stopped. It. Few good men is is it's over. <laughs> Can never watch it again. Um. Uh, no, but um, but I was just mentioning it because Kristen Scott Thomas was in that. Okay. Um, in the opening part of the film, she dies very early on in the movie. Actually. Well, thanks for ruining was. it for me. Yeah. You're welcome. Well, you know, that's what happens when you tell me about toothpaste. Oh, I'm toothpaste. not I'm not even kidding. Well, he's well, he's a leading man, so he's leading by his tooth. <laughs> um, the tooth be with you. I'm literally I'm sending the picture to the to the group chat right Do, now. Oh look, no. Look at his look at his teeth. Oh. Oh God. 
I'm never, cool. I'm never gonna be able to watch another Tom Cruise movie ever again. There those collateral off the watch list. It's like the second, the one from like the left is like super huge no, for no Top reason. Gun Maverick. He looks like he's ready to bite you, or like he bit people in kindergarten. <laughs> Don't say too many bad things about him, though. He's like the Scientology mascot. They'll come after you like crazy. I can't say he's gonna have their lawyers on us. Yeah, like we don't want Zenu messing with us or whatever. He was dying laughing over there. Well, you could tell when he clicked open the message. Oh no! Oh no! Um. But yeah, if we didn't have anything else, uh, I mean, I know it wasn't necessarily mm. the longest uh, discussion, but I feel like we got quite a bit covered in the discussion of uh, Revelations. But did we have anything The biggest else? revelation was Tom Cruise's tooth. <laughs> no, I'm done. <laughs> um, as I mentioned before, this episode was directed, or I'm sorry, written by Doug Petrie, who would go on to write uh, not only for this, but for Angel. Um, he would also work on um, two seasons of CSI. He worked on uh, Pushing Daisies. Uh, he served as co-executive producer on Netflix's Daredevil, the Marvel mm. series, um, and also worked on the job on that. Uh, Defenders as well, which was the crossover for all of those shows. Um, he also worked on the season of American Horror Story called Coven, uh, as mm. well as writing the screenplay for the uh, Fantastic Four movie, the one, the first one that features um, Chris Evans. Ironically, wait enough, a minute, Michael Chiklis. Really? I'm that's what I'm seeing here. Hold on. Um, wow, I. And he, that. it says that he also co-wrote uh, Harriet the Spy, ironically enough. And Harriet the oh, wow. Yeah. So there we go. That um, is one of my favorite movies of all time. I, I like that movie. As well. I, I never met anyone else who actually knew that movie. I don't know why. Oh, like, I feel like it wasn't very popular. I have the, I have the Nickelodeon orange VHS of that movie. Oh, my God. That was oh, one wow. of me and my sister's favorites. Yeah. Um, back in my day, we had VHS tapes. I still do. You've been here, you know. I have like three bookshelves full of VHS tapes. <laughs> I still have a VCR that can play them too, and boxes behind the sofa. Yep, uh, that's have the hard part for me is getting all, a VCR a that still of, works. I have a whole bunch of old school um uh horror movies on. VHS. Yeah, like B, C, Z level horror movies. Some of them. Oh yeah. The the really the really good bad ones. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that. I feel like it's I'm glad we didn't get rid of them because maybe one day we can like do some like reactions on something to them. Like mystery science yeah. theater style. Like <laughs> like so, some of your uh from the shelf things. Yes. Um Getting back to the episode, it was, uh, as I said, written by Doug Petrie, directed by James A. Contner, who would go on to direct, again, several episodes of Buffy, Angel. He also did things like The X-Files and so on. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, if we don't have anything else uh, for the episode Revelations, let them know where they can find you folks all around the internet. Uh, Lisa, Kiona, Ruth, James, Bill. You could find me at Viva La Deadly on Twitter as long as it still exists. 
Uh, you can find me on renegadepopculture.com where a, and we will definitely have an, a full essay about Tom Cruise's tooth. No, I'm kidding. That's not going to be a subject. Um, I'm going to write it. Podcast. I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> Paul will it. write it and we'll post it up on there. Okay. Um, <laughs> but anyway, yeah. Renegadepopculture.com is where we have all of our podcasts and articles and such. Um, also you can find me on Twitter at neoplasmics24. That's N-E-O-P-L-A-S-M-I-C-2-4. And I'm on uh, Facebook with my name or just plain crazy face art. Uh, I'm uh, Bill Cover on Gadget. Oh, I didn't even know Bill came back. Awesome. He rises from the ashes. Rawr. I'm kidding. He's um, there, I had to go get a pina colada. I had to get a pina colada before I'm back. Is he a vampire now? Is the question. <laughs> And he comes back with the drinks, but not for everyone. I'm kind of sad. Um, but uh, really quick, and me too. Um, Jamerson Taylor on Instagram and Facebook, uh, TikTok Jamerson four nine six. And I'm just Bill Cover on Facebook and Bill Cover on Threads. Woo-hoo. There it is, baby. I was gonna say that too. We are at oh. Clock Shelves on Facebook, Twitter. Instagram and now threads. We are jumping on the meta train, apparently. Um, for apparently. me personally, you could find uh me on Twitter, Instagram, and threads as well at JPGRB. Um, but yes, go follow clock shelves on all of the various social medias. Uh that's C-L-O-C-K-S-H-E-L-V-E-S. Um yeah, this was this was a really nice discussion. Um, I'm glad that we got to uh, sit down. I know it, it we were a little bit later than we uh, initially intended, uh, both on date and time, um, 7:44. Um, but uh, I, <laughs> I am 7:44. <laughs> I am very glad that we uh, that we got to discuss this. The next episode we will be talking about is Lovers Walk. And for those of you who know, you already know what we are going to be talking about. Um, (laughs) But I am Mm -hmm. excited to discuss that episode. So we will see you and talk to you, listen to you, all of that good stuff next time here on Buffyverse and Converse. And we hope you had a fantastic time. Now, Amanda isn't here this time. So who's going to give us our our new outro that we do, apparently? Hmm. No, no one. There. There it is. All right. Thank you, everybody. Take care.